I mentioned to uh, this audience, I mentioned to you earlier this morning that Alex Katz is going to be joining us. The name is likely familiar to any Jewish music fan out there because of his involvement with Cole Zimmer and so many other projects over the years. And he and I had an opportunity to reunite in Israel, as I've told you. A lot of people responsible for uh, me being able to go down south a few Sundays ago while in Israel uh, to visit Be'eri and stay wrote and the area. Um, Alex, however, was the person who actually brought me down there. <laughs> it was it was in his car, his ride, and his time um, that I was able to get down there and uh, and see the destruction. As I said in the interview that the Benjamin Siegel conducted on Monday, uh, I wasn't there early enough to see the death and destruction, but certainly we were there uh, to see the destruction that the enemy caused uh, that day and to see in 3D fashion how beautiful a community Be'eri was and is, uh, how gorgeous it is, and at the same time the destruction that um, befell our brothers and sisters on that day. In addition to all of that, Alex is involved in other initiatives as well. I think he's one of those people, and we can ask him this question, I think he's one of those people who was going about his business and conducting his life pretty normally, and then the war started. He got sucked in, thank God, to the war effort. And from what we hear, it's very hard for him to abandon the war effort. Alex Katz is founder of Kilat Eretz Chemda in Jerusalem, and he's with us live via telephone. Alex, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you for having me on. It kind of feels uh, bizarre to be in this uh, uh, situation, to be talking with you and not be speaking about music, per se. You have no idea. <laughs> You're so right. You have no idea. By the way, is that description accurate? You're one of those people who was going about his business, so to speak, and Ole with a family living in Israel, and then you got uh, catapulted into the war effort, and you simply have trouble leaving it. Would that be a, a, a good way of describing it? I think it's a very good way of describing it. Look, on, on October 7th, we went about our business. We went to Shul. We started Hakafos. There were rockets going on outside. Frankly, the building in which we daven is so old that we didn't even hear the booms outside. People had these looks on their faces, and they came in. I was actually chazan for Hallel. I didn't hear a thing. We were singing. We were dancing until people pulled me aside. I got my telephone. Then I got my cell phone. I realized the magnitude of what was going on. I myself had to leave Shul to get on a motorcycle to go around to start helping. And and from there, I think we've developed the one of the world's most efficiently formed startups that we really want to shut down, but we just, Hashem hasn't given us that ability yet, but we really hope that very soon our services won't be needed. But I'm um, part of a, a team of some wonderful civilians who are really the front lines behind the front lines, and we're doing everything we can to help our heroes. And your, your synagogue is part of that effort, if not uh, the backbone of that effort, because the... Uh the Eretz Chemda congregation, I guess we'd call it, which is becoming more and more well-known in the Katamon area of Jerusalem, really, uh, uh, along with you, uh, really got involved and started doing whatever possible. And, and you encouraged them. You encouraged them to uh, take on more and more projects and to get as involved as they possibly could. So it's you, it's a community, it's really a whole neighborhood that's stepping up at this point. It is. I mean, on October 7th, uh, Mote, October 7th, our, our rub of our own Kahila went up north and he's stationed 100 meters from Lebanon. 
Uh, we have members of Arquila that spent two and a half, three weeks just collecting bodies in the South. And, you know, their needs were met by us. And then it gradually expanded from there and word got out and uh, word got around about all the different things that uh, we're doing. We we were tapped by the army to deal with all the Tashmisha Kedusha for, uh, for Tzahal, which was a massive undertaking. I think to date we've tied over 50,000, 60,000 pair of tzitzis, and we've been asked to do another 50,000 for those that are still in the field. So uh, we wake up every day. We really don't know what the day is going to bring, and Hashem guides us. All right, let's do this step by step. I'll tell you a, another reason. I know you have an event coming up. We'll talk about it. And and one of the reasons I wanted to focus on it, frankly, is because there are going to be uh, people visiting from the United States to Israel, as you know, during the second half of January. It's a very popular. In fact, it's it's extended um, from the time that you were in the U.S. Um, now yeshiva break is even longer and overlaps with a whole different um, system than the old days. So a lot of people, please God, please God, are going to be visiting Israel, and I'm sure many of them want to be involved in some of these volunteer efforts. So tell us about where and how the tzitzis tying happens. Okay, sure. So we basically have, we have four main avenues that our Kehillah has been involved. The first one is supplying gear to our soldiers. That's currently being done out of the Museum of Tolerance in the center of Yerushalayim. Uh, they've been gracious enough to let us take um, a space within the museum from which we operate the equivalent of an Amazon Prime-style warehouse where donations come in, they go out all day long. So every day from roughly 9 to 3, there are opportunities for volunteers to sign up. There is a link, which uh, I'll make sure that I make publicly available to you, and which is available on our website for the Kehillah, keh.org.il. Uh, where people can sign up for volunteering slots there individually, aside from group volunteering, separately every day. Uh, now moving on to the Tashmisha Kedusha side of it, we have Tzitzit tying every day at Buria Shtayim, Buria number two in Jerusalem. It is the Eretz Chemda Institute building. Um, upstairs on the second floor every day from roughly 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. And you can get on a chat for that and find out different things about that as well. But we have Tzitzit tying with roughly 50 to 75 volunteers throughout the afternoon and evening every day. Um, so that is another area in which people can get involved. The third, which I think you and I are going to get to speak about briefly, is we provide chizat uh, both to Miluim families as well as evacuee families as well as uh, communal leaders and members who have uh, put themselves uh, themselves been put out by all of the volunteer efforts and the money that's been invested, and we provide chizuk events for them, the second of which, after a first very well-received one with um, very, very well-known Rabban and Baruch Hashem, is going to be on the 25th of January on Thursday night at 6 p.m. at the Jerusalem Theater. Uh, we have about 750 seats uh, there uh, within the first day. 20% of those uh, are sold already, but we look forward to greeting people. We'll also have it streamcast uh, live. Um, last time we had about 5,000 people around the world that tuned in to watch. And so we'll make that available to you as well, uh, to share for those who don't make it there as well. It sounds like if somebody would associate themselves with you and your synagogue, they and their family could fill their whole schedule with volunteer efforts. If they're in Israel for a week, would that be, would that be too bold a statement or you think that's accurate? Um, I don't think it's too bold a statement. I think that um, I would encourage people to certainly uh, expand their horizon and look everywhere because there are many wonderful opportunities. And like I said before, we are a bunch of lay leaders, volunteers 
who are doing our best to juggle our own lives at the same time as trying to make an impact and move the needle for Claudia Israel. So I would say that whereas earlier on in the war, for the first two, three, four weeks of the war, uh, people were just hopping on the bandwagon and joining our army force of volunteers for a thousand volunteers. I think at this point, Baruch Hashem, the army is finally beginning to catch up on some of its needs. The Rabbanut Sahal is also finally beginning to catch up on some of its needs. So there are definitely opportunities. And as you and I experienced together, we went down south. There are definitely opportunities to go south. But even those people in Beirut, they really, really want to get back to their lives as well. So the opportunities to go visit places are wide open uh, to everyone. Some places are harder to get into than others. Some people want to get back to their lives. But there is a monument with cars. There is the site of the Beirut Festival. There are, there are so many different things. Um, I'm sorry, the Rain Festival. There are so many different things that, uh, that, that people can go and see when they come and visit that don't even require, so to speak, latching on or, or specifically joining a particular Kehila organization. You really, there are so many resources online. We have ourselves uh, many things that people can do, but there are also many others who do great things as well. And so I'd encourage people who are coming to explore all those things that are all readily available online and to uh, really fill this trip with chesed. This should not be a as much of a tourism trip, as much of a, a, a how-to-help trip. And it's interesting, I mean, as you pointed out to us, uh, that down in, when we were down south, uh, as you said, people are going to, whether the community is going to come immediately back or not, obviously there's a plan for each community of how they're going to handle it. Uh, but 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 they do need their space in order to try to set things up, in order to try to figure out a plan to rebuild. And sometimes the last thing they need are people like us visiting. However, as you just said, uh, between the sites, unfortunately, of that day and the residual uh, memorials, monuments, you mentioned the automobiles. I mean, that's uh, that's quite a striking sight, frankly. There's plenty to see. And in addition to that, in places like Stay Road and other cities, there are going to be people and families coming back. There are going to be needs. There's going to be volunteer efforts that are necessary in places like that. So you're making a very good point. It's not just about going down and disrupting life for people and seeing what's going on. There really is a lot of work that needs to be done. And if people inquire, um, they'll be able to find out where those uh, chesed efforts are and participate. Um, now, what is anything different? I, I know you're basically shuttling unless it's different from, you know, after I left Israel, I know you're basically shuttling to areas down South, anything different from, uh, you know, three weeks ago when I was there, do you see progress? Do you see a different attitude? Uh, do you see rules and regulations that would uh, dictate that things are changing down there? Yes, definitely. A couple of things. Number one is I, I was on the phone this morning with the heads of uh, Kibbutz Bayri, where we were. I was on the phone with uh, the leaders there in the fundraising effort for the rebuilding. And it's so sad because on one hand, all I want to do is help them and, and figure out the fourth. You know, we talked about the three things, the, the, the gear, the, the Tashmishe Kedusha, the Chizuk. And the fourth one is Hasbara and, and really trying to help these kibbutzim and figure out a kibbutz is a collective. Like they are not business people. They don't know how to go about trying to fundraise billions of dollars that are needed to rebuild. And so I've offered them my assistance to the best extent that I can. And I've been on the phone with them and it's just low lane. Like we should, none of us should ever have to know from this trying to juggle, like wanting to get back to your life, but basically needing it to be uh, not a tourist attraction, but for people to come and visit to make awareness 
for people to want to help support it financially. Right. And then stuck between all stuck between all of this, it's not clear yet what the government's going to cover, what the insurance companies are going to cover, what the kibbutz's financial position will be going forward. I mean, I took you into houses, Nachum, where you saw melted televisions. Okay, yeah. fine. So let's say the insurance company is going to rebuild the, the exterior structure. Let's say the government's going to say, we'll get you appliances or whatever the case is. Who, who's, who's paying for that melted television? Like, I, I'm, I, I myself don't know. Like, I don't know what the needs are going to be, but I know they're going to be vast. And I know that the civilian effort is going to be required. And that's just one example. I mean, uh, the destruction that was imparted on our brothers' and sisters' property, forget for a moment if it's possible, on the lives that were lost, but as you just described, the property and the things that you know do not get into the consideration when the government or others are ready to finance a rebuilding. There's just so much. The needs, honestly, are endless, and um, they've got to start somewhere. And if people like you are volunteering to help them, then they're certainly – better off as you described they are uh, <laughs> they're in a group of people that normally is not used to um approaching um uh, people and organizations with fundraising efforts um it, we 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 were told it was going to be a tough week um i don't know if it was the offensive in gaza i don't know if it's a strategy where israel's trying to uh you know leave a strong message down there because things from the israeli end are going to calm down but we were told earlier in the week it's going to be very tough Alex, this has been a very difficult week. I mean, there been we know that there have been terrible losses, fallen soldiers all through the war, obviously. Uh, but some weeks are more difficult than others. Can you describe the mood, especially in the religious Zionist community this week in Israel? It's really, I'll tell you, the, this war has touched everyone, whether you live abroad, whether you live here, whether you're a listener who's sitting in Teaneck and knows that somebody that grew up there that you know very well lost their son-in-law. Like, like it's so, it's so hard to get your arms around the, how close this hits home for every one of us, everyone who's listening, everyone who's living in Eretz Yisrael, whether or not I live in Yerushalayim and there's sirens going off or not. Frankly, if you walk around the streets of Yerushalayim, I'm not even sure that you would realize that there's a war that's taking place. But when you talk to the people who are down in the South or in the North that have been away from their families for extended period of time and they're, they've lost their commanders, their friends, their loved ones, I think it, it becomes very, very real. And the level and the numbers of the losses this week were certainly uh, extremely devastating and really hit home for a lot of uh, English speakers, Anglos in, in, in this country. And unfortunately, these are life-changing episodes, of course, for families that we care about. And we, I'd like to think we care about all the families in Israel. But you know what I mean. When there's a familiarity, as you just described, it uh, really, really hits home. And this is the reality of war, everybody. This is what our brothers and sisters have gone through for centuries, but especially since the establishment of the State of Israel. Uh, uh, very painful. All right. Um, I, I'm going to give out that web address, uh, that you recommended because if people want information about, uh, volunteer efforts, they could start with, uh, the Kehilat Eretz Chemda. So it's keh.org.il, keh.org.il. Now I, I'm sure you realize that there are going to be a lot of people from this area, New York, New Jersey, in Israel on January the 25th, that's the date, that's actually Tu B'Shvat, it's the night after Tu B'Shvat, Thursday's Tu B'Shvat, this is Thursday night, the 25th, it's at the Jerusalem Theater. Now, 
It's a night of chizuk and achdut. Are you in with a lot of great music, a lot of amazing speakers? I can go through the whole list, and I'm sure at some point I will. Are you encouraging tourists to come to this event? Is this really just for residents of Jerusalem and Israel? How would you describe the chizuk and achdut event that your synagogue is um, is presenting on the 25th of January? You know, it's interesting. We're, I'm not in the event production business, nor am I. Uh, you know, th- this is something that we did on a whim in the third week of the war. I hosted, I had the privilege of hosting Rabbi Gibber, Rabbi Goldberg, Rabbi Brody, and we went for a few days and we said, you know, they said, what is, how are we able to come and give chizuk? You know, who wants our chizuk? We're coming from America. And I said, I disagree. I think people here, we've all been killing ourselves trying to support and volunteer and spend, you know, hour after hour. And now it really is, it's a collective, you know, call Yisrael effort, both there and here. Everybody needs a pick me up. And so when Rabbi Goldberg called me and said, you know, I'm coming back for Yeshiva break. I was like, we got to do this again. And he's like, I agree hundred percent. And as you can see by the people who are going, going to join us, like, I'll just give you one example on the musical side. So Akiva is going to join us, Akiva Torjaman, who has toured in America with uh, Yishai Rebo and others. And he's actually been in Miluin himself since the start of the war. Wow. In the second or third week of the war, we supplied his unit with thousands of dollars worth of critical gear and drove it up to, you know, all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way, right by Lebanon and took it to him. And, and, and he's looking for a way... To, to be Machiotov, and, and we can't wait to welcome him, hopefully. We'll see if he's going to be in uniform or not, if they let him out. Um, but he's planning he's planning to come and, and join us. And it's uh, it, it, having him, having Rav Shlomo Katz, having so many others, Judah Michel, who was just with you the other night, which I hope that was a tremendous success. Oh, yeah, bro. Um, and, 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 and Rabbi Rosner, whose own sons have been fighting in Gaza. And, and, and it's, everyone's going to have something to bring to this. Um, and, and I hope that we're, I hope that the goal is that everyone's going to walk out and say, this is exactly what I didn't realize I needed. All right. So it sounds like it's for both for people living in Israel and people visiting Israel, frankly. Absolutely. Uh, the night, Absolutely. the night of Chizuk and Achdut is the 25th of January at the Jerusalem theater on Rehov Markus in Jerusalem. Information, keh.org.il slash event, keh.org.il slash event. Information about everything we've discussed, including uh, Alex's recommendations of what families and uh, others can do uh, in terms of volunteer efforts in Israel, just uh, write to them, info at keh.org.il, info at keh.org.il. And if you're in a position to support uh, the Kehilat Eretz Chemda event for the 25th of January. The proceeds uh, for that night will benefit the KEH ongoing civilian war efforts as described earlier in this conversation by our friend Alex Katz. There's a lot going on, folks, in Israel. There's a lot going on that we need to be focused on. Here's a good way to start. If you haven't planned your trip for January yet, take, take your spouse and kids and go to Israel. Believe me, everybody there needs it. The chizuk, the tourism money, and everything else. And once you're there, plan on uh, volunteering. And once you're there as well, plan on being there on the 25th of January and leave a a big check so they can continue to do the holy work that they're doing um, from the Kehilat Eretz Chemda headquarters in Jerusalem. Uh, Alex, what's on tap for today? Have you been anywhere yet today? Have you uh, made any plans for today? Anything we should know about in terms of the war effort? 
Oh, goodness. I've, uh, today, I, I wear many, many, many volunteer hats. Today, uh, I was wearing a lot of my United Acela volunteer hat. Wow. You can even hear some sirens in the background. I've yeah. been going and, and uh, treating people. Frankly, two of the calls that I treated today, you know, you talked about the impact on Claudia's draw from this war effort, uh, was a six-year-old child and a 65-year-old woman, both with different medical issues that both pertained to the stress coming from the war. And, wow. and that was something that I, that I took particular note of today. Unbelievable. All right. Listen, Dash Ham, as they say to all of our brothers and sisters who you see uh, everywhere, North, Central and South Israel. Uh, best of luck with the event. We'll remind our listeners. I hope a lot of them will be there, frankly. Uh, and I certainly hope a lot of them will be visiting Israel during the second half of January. And kolakavod to you and everybody at Congregation Kehilat Eretz Chemda in Jerusalem. Uh, you're one of the many, I'm proud to say, many organizations, synagogues, groups, efforts that uh, jumped into action uh, right after the uh, uh, the attack on the Chag. And uh, your efforts, I'm sure, are appreciated by so many. Kolakavod to you and everybody, and I hope to see you again soon. Thank you. Alex Katz from Israel. K-E-H dot org dot I-L. Get involved, everybody. Get involved. Two weeks from tomorrow night is the event in uh, the Jerusalem Theater. Try to be there as well. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Mm-hmm.